Hey there, fabulous teacher. Have you been wondering how to make writing time in your classroom more effective for your students? Do you want your students to love writing time? If so, I think it's time for you and I to start transforming your writing instruction. I'm Melissa Marson, and I have a passion for helping teachers to feel confident in teaching writing and help them grow successful writers. I've worked with numerous teachers to guide them through this transformation, and in this podcast, I bring you the practical strategies you need to make writing the best time of your day. Let's get going. Hey there, teacher, and how are you today? I hope you're having a wonderful day or a wonderful day so far. Um, And thank you so much for joining and listening today. So I have a question for you. It's actually going to be a few questions. Um, What does writing mean to you? What does it mean to write? And what is to be valued about writing, in your opinion? I want to talk about this because I believe that as educators and as a system of education, We need to consider what's happening with writing instruction and most likely change the way we think about writing and teaching writing. Now, not everybody. There's some people out there that that, they got it. They're on it. Um, But I know for a lot of us, and I'm not just talking about teachers. I'm talking about the ones who choose the curriculum, the ones who write the curriculum, the ones who make rules about what we're teaching in school. I think there's a lot that needs to be thought about. And I'm not the only one talking about it, um, but I'm going to talk about it today. So, and if you are here listening to this podcast, you might be thinking the same thing. And so as you think about those questions, and, and if you want to take time, pause it, think about it for a minute. What do you think should be valued about writing and teaching writing? Um, what does it mean to write? What does writing, writing mean to you? Um, and but I'm gonna move on and I'm gonna share a few scenarios with you with so please um, bear with me. I hope they don't take too long. But they are scenarios just about what happens in a classroom when students are doing some sort of writing and, and they're just a couple different things um, that may sound familiar to you and that definitely I have experienced in some way um, in my journey of education. So I'm going to start with like a sixth grade classroom, okay? A teacher introduces a new unit on informational writing. They review what informational writing is. They provide a um, anchor chart or maybe some kind of graphic organizer that shows the structure. So, you know, what is going to be in each paragraph and all of that. They might have the students read an example of an informational piece. And then they have students come up with some ideas or a bank of ideas that they might want to write about. Now, this could be something just on their own. Maybe they research it. Maybe they learned about it already in school. You know, there's usually some sort of a um, topic list or ideas that the teacher wants them to choose from. And then the students will begin to fill out usually some sort of graphic organizer that is the same for everybody. And as they're working on that and whether, again, they're researching or or what have you, when they might get stuck or have trouble, the teacher will provide some support. They might go and try to help them find something. They might refer them to something they've talked about. They might refer them to the model um, piece that they've used. 
Um, there also might be a rubric that was introduced in the beginning to show um, how their piece would be assigned or graded, sorry, assessed. And, um, but a lot of times it's pretty supported by the teacher where they really help them come up with their idea. And I'm not, I'm just stating facts here. I know a lot of our writers can be very dependent and not wanting to do things on their own. I understand that. Um, but this is, you know, one scenario of the way things might go. And then eventually the students would take what they have on the graphic organizer, put it in a draft and continue on. Okay, I'm gonna go down to say a fourth grade classroom, another, a little bit of a different scenario. The teacher tells the students that they're going to be writing a letter as if they were part of a moment in history. So let's say they've been working on, um, you know, the Civil War or something in social studies, or they've read a book in reading. Um, maybe they had a novel unit and it was something about that or something that it was about. It was a history, historical reading. And so they have them use perhaps notes from a reading that they've done or their social studies book or unit. But they tell them to choose one event or a situation that they're going to write about. They're going to be the, the person from this event. Um, and so they're going to write it in first person. And they're going to have them, you know, maybe come up with a plan of some sort. Perhaps the teacher would give some ideas of what might be in the letter. Maybe there's even a graphic organizer to provide for them. And the students go through and draft it one time. Um, the teacher might check it over and ask them to either add something, take something away, fix something, um, and then they revise it and edit it, or the teacher revises and edit or edits for them, and then they might rewrite it. Okay, let's go down to a second grade scenario. So the students have a writing prompt daily. It might ask them a question or have a sentence starter that they have to continue. They do so with one or two sentence, two sentences as they're writing. Um, pretty typical of a journal prompt. Sometimes you might get a little bit more. And then the teacher may or may not read each one over and perhaps write some comments for them. And then I have a kindergarten scenario. The whole class is going to write a how-to piece together. I know that peanut butter and jelly comes up a lot, right? But it might be something else. Um, so this teacher goes over the steps, you know, with the student's help, but usually pretty heavily guided. Um, the students then help the teacher to write the piece. So let's say the teacher is the one that's holding the pen, but they are somewhat helping them to write it. And then the students are going to get a graphic organizer so that they can do a how-to piece. Now, sometimes it's the same exact topic. Um, other times they choose something else or the teacher gives them options for something else to do as a how-to, how but typically it's going to have like their topic at the top of the graphic organizer and then they have like three or four steps they're supposed to fill in. Maybe it's that paper that has the picture boxes on the left and the lines on the right. Um, and the teacher might tell them, you know, okay, we're going to make sure we have our transition words for a second, then next, or what have you. And um, as they work on this, the teacher is usually going around and checking to see, do they have all their steps? Or they'll say, well, do you think you're missing something? Maybe they would work with a partner and help them kind of act it out and see if it's working. And then after they fill out that graphic organizer, they're going to probably turn it into a paragraph, let's say. Okay, so Melissa, why are you letting us sit through all of these um, examples of things happening? Because I want you to consider what, if you've seen scenarios like this before, if it sounds at all similar to anything that you do in your classroom, but most importantly, I want you to think, what is really being focused on in those scenarios? 
what is writing mostly about in them? Now they're all a little different. So you can think about one that sticks out to you the most. What is the focus? Okay. So I'll come back to that in a minute. So I decided to look up the definitions of writing. I asked Google, what is writing? And I'm going to share with you the definitions I um, found from the Oxford English, I think it says, um, dictionary, and then the Merriam Webster. I am sorry. I think that's what it was. Um, so there's quite a few of them. So the first, the act or process of one who writes. And then under that, it said the act or art of forming visible letters or characters, the act or practice of literary or musical composition. Another one under this was some written letters or characters that are visible signs of ideas, words, or symbols. Um, and then a written composition. Another definition said a style or form of composition. And then the last one said the occupation of a writer. So that's a different sort of definition. And then the Oxford Dictionary said the activity or skill of marking coherent words on paper and composing text. So that was interesting to me because, I mean, I've, I've dealt with the word compose quite a bit in my uh, teaching of writing and educating teachers about teaching writing. But it was I, I thought it interesting that the definition of writing said the activity or skill of marking coherent words on paper and composing text. So marking words on paper and composing text. And that is really different, right? So let me just go on to share what I found for the definition of composing. Now, what's interesting is we just heard Oxford say that writing is composing text, right? That was part of the definition. Well, when you ask Oxford what composing is, they say to write or create. Okay, so interesting. Um, and then they also say composing could be to form by putting together, to produce by composition. Now, and then there are other definitions that were very scientific about composition. So I have always thought that there are two parts to writing. There is transcription and there is composition. And so we're going to get into that a little bit. But when so because when you think of some of those definitions you have the act or art of forming visible letters or characters so that's the actual print on the page right taking your hand and making that that print that writing but then they also talk about the composition so composing a text which means to write or which means to put together um i also i, I think there was a definition about the structure like creating this structure of writing so there are two different parts that we need to consider. And composition involves so many things. When I was listening to uh, one of Jennifer Saravala's recent podcast um, episodes, it's called uh, To the Classroom, and she speaks with authors and researchers. And one of the um, people she talked to recently was Steve Graham. It was an excellent episode with him. Any, any of them are excellent, so please listen to them. But he talks about how we want to make sure that people, he says, but students, he was mostly talking about, engage in all of the processes of writing 
And he uses terms like ideation and conceptualization, but he is referring to pretty much the idea of planning, coming up with an idea, planning the idea, and then going through the rest of the process of drafting and revising and all of that. And when we consider the scenarios that I shared a little bit ago, I just don't believe that in those there is much focus on or teaching of the composing part of writing, the thinking part, the planning part, not at least for students to really be doing on their own. I feel like it's more focused on the actual writing transcription part. So let me explain a little bit more about why I think so. And I'll start with the kindergarten example. The how-to piece. Now, the class writing a piece together is great. We want, we want that. We want that gradual release. Sometimes, though, that's the only thing that they do is write a piece together. And then they have to go back and actually write that piece. Like, sometimes they even copy it. But I didn't explain that. I was saying that they then... They do that together and then they get, then get a graphic organizer that has all the pieces filled in or there for them for them to fill in. And the teacher um, might guide them with a sentence starter and they might go in and make sure they have all of the steps. And so what's being, they may or may not have come up with their own idea of the how-to. We don't really know, um, but there could have been a list of things for them to be able to do. But oftentimes the whole class has to write the same thing, right? So maybe they might even do the same thing the teacher's done. So that right there is taking out the idea part. And then the graphic organizer part, to me, that's not planning um, because the students aren't doing it on their own. All they're doing is filling out something that you are telling them, that the teacher is showing them or telling them how to plan. They're not finding any way to come up with this plan on their own. Um, and then when the teacher is going around and making sure that they have all the steps they need, they're also not being the ones to revise or they're, they're not learning or finding ways to decide if what they have come up with is going to work. So let's go back up to the second grade. This one was about writing prompts. And this I've seen in quite a few grades. Sometimes it's the only type of writing students do, um, other than maybe uh, responding to reading. Sometimes it's just an extra activity and there is some sort of other writing throughout the day. But let's just take it as it is. Okay, so students have a writing prompt daily. They're either asked a question or have to continue a sentence. So if I were invisible, I would, right? And we all know, I mean, I don't, there's not many times I've seen a first or second grader have this beautiful story or, um, or a writing piece after a prompt because they either repeat things or they go on and on or they start to go off topic. It's usually a, a couple sentences. Sometimes it's only one. Sometimes it's not even a sentence. But anyway, I digress. Um, so they do their couple sentences, maybe they draw a picture, and then that's it. And oftentimes, there's no revising in this. And if it is, it's going to be pretty slight. It's probably most likely editing, so they're checking for and punctuation. So in this scenario, we're missing a lot of the parts of composing. They're not coming up with an idea. There is not any planning. Now, they might not have to plan much of it, but there usually is not going to be any planning if you're writing to a prompt, unless the teacher has asked them to do that, which I have not seen. 
Now, I'm not saying that there is not a place for this kind of writing. Actually, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But if this were the only type of writing they're doing, there are a lot of parts of composing that are missing in this scenario. And then I'm just going to go to, um, to the fourth grade where they are writing a letter as if they're a part of a moment in history. They are probably using notes of some sort. They're writing in first person. I'm sure there's some sort of planning. I didn't, I wasn't um, particular about that, but I would say it would most likely be something about the making sure you have the main event as, as most of it, that you have yourself as the character, that you include your setting somehow. Um, but there might be a graphic organizer that they're using. And so in this type of writing, and again, I'm not saying that there is not a place for this type of writing. I'm just wanting to look at it as what the focus is. And so not only is there probably a whole, not a whole lot of planning because they have a, a moment in history that they're using, right? They're just trying to write as if it were, were them. So they have that moment there. They're not creating it. They just have to kind of recreate it. And then when you think about this only one time to kind of draft it out, which is what I included in the scenario, and that the teacher will will check it over for them and give them some feedback as far as what they're missing or what they need. In that case, we're not seeing much about revising and really learning how to revise and going through that process. We're just worried about what we're going to put on the page. And so that's where I feel like that focus is more on the transcription part and we're not worrying about the other pieces. Hey again, teacher. Sorry, I'm taking a little break to ask you, if you haven't already, where you listen to podcasts, could you click that little plus sign so that you can follow um, and have some automatic downloads come every week so you don't miss one? And I'd also love for you to share this podcast with all of your colleagues if you think they could benefit from hearing from me about writing instruction. Thanks so much. Let's get back to it. Now, do we need to worry about the end product? Yes, at some point that we're hoping to see that all the things that students are learning are going to show up in this writing piece and that we're going to see progress. Absolutely. And we want to be able to get them to a point where consistently the products are, they're um, producing are at a level that we would like to see. Okay, I'll say it like that, I guess. However, when we only focus or focus much more on one aspect of writing instruction, say the transcription part, you know, the part where they actually put the letters or characters on the page, um, have it in the way that we want it to be there, like in the structure on the page, then we just aren't allowing them to grow as writers as much as we need them to do. And I see this commonly throughout the grade levels. I've seen it in middle school grades. I've seen it in intermediate. And I've seen it especially in primary. Um, It's a little bit more apparent to me in especially kindergarten and first grade because I see a lot of times that we're so worried about the writing part when it just comes to letters and words and sentences that teachers often are really trying to push students further than where they're ready to go. They're just not quite there in their development. But that's also 
the only thing that's being um, focused on. There are sentence starters given, or we're having them copy sentences, but but we're not as much working on and focusing on the actual composition. How do we come up with ideas? What do we do when we're stuck? How do we plan something out? What do we think about when we want to write something down? All of those things are just as important for our writers as what is actually on the page. And what really, you know, always comes to my mind um, is thinking about how our students are doing as they get older as writers, number one. And number two, constantly hearing from students and from teachers, sorry, how much students don't like writing and how much students aren't writing or not wanting to write or not feeling good as writers or not writing as well as they think they should be. And so if we keep hearing that, then we know there's something we need to do about it, right? So episode 30, I believe, was with Dr. Kimberly Rotter, and she said that the remedial writing courses in college are exploding. They need so many of them because students are not writers. And she said the first thing she has to do with her students is get them to be interested in writing and know that they are writers because they don't believe that. And also found that from the National Assessment of Educational Progress for Writing in 2017, it said that 75% of students could not compose text at a basic level. Okay, so we know our students are not great writers. So this is why we really need to think about what is happening in writing instruction and how we need to change it. So when we think about that question that I asked before about what should we be valuing and what is writing. So we need to remember that there are two different parts of writing. There is the actual transcription and then there is all the other stuff, um, the composition, which includes so many things. But, you know, there's also, and, and, um, Jacob Chastain talked about this in the last couple of episodes, just talking about, and and I've spoken about it before, how important it is for students to feel comfortable as a writer and feel like they are writers, to value them as writers from the very beginning, to let them know that they are writers right now. So that's a huge part of it um, as well. You know, I think there is so many reasons why writing is done in the way it's done in, in different classrooms. And there's a lot of different ways, right? There are so many reasons though. And I don't want to belabor them and go over all of them today, but I know there are things that have come down by way of, um, you know, state standards and testing and the things that schools are focusing on and um, grading and then your time in your schedule also just doesn't even allow for time for writing, which is something we have to just keep fighting for. So I know there's a lot of reasons why this has all happened. There are certain things that we are supposed to get through in our curriculum. And it's I, I get it. I completely understand that. And what I want us to think about, though, is what if we need to value all the different parts of writing, all areas of it, all aspects of it, and we want to help build up confident writers who actually enjoy writing and find meaning in it, then we really have to think about how we are taking the time that we have, the small amount of time probably that we have for, with writing, and what are we using it for? So 
we need to make sure that it's not just about the transcription. We need to make sure we're not just focusing on what they're writing on the page, but also the writer and what they're learning. One of the other things that Stephen Graham spoke about on that episode with Jennifer Saravallo was that you're not necessarily going to be using all of those parts of the writing process in everything that you write. So if your student even, not just us, but a student is going to write a quick email or write a note to someone, <clears throat> they are not going to need to go through all of those steps. And so we need to allow, he says, we need to allow for time for different types of writing activities. Jennifer Sarvello had also asked about like how much time should be spent on, on writing or not just writing in general, but like a writing piece. And he said, you know, it depends on what it is they're doing. So if you do find there's a time and a place for a writing prompt, then there might be a quick planning, especially if you're trying to prep a little bit for a test that they might be taking, then there might be somewhat of a quick plan and a quick write and a quick revise. In others, you're going to be really taking time to think about coming up with this idea and then getting a good idea, talking about that idea, working with others about it, then starting to write and um, and rewrite, you know, and revise over and over again and really have a nice plan or different ways to plan or different ways to organize your writing. And so some things are going to take weeks maybe um, and then other in, in certain grades and then other things are should be nice and quick. Um, a response to reading is a whole nother type of writing that doesn't necessarily require all of those steps depending on what it is, but they have a time and a place as well. So I don't want to get off track too much, but I just think it's important to say that there's not only the writing that involves all of the steps of the writing process, but it is very important and we can't forget about it. And I do think that in a lot of um, schools, that's what's happening. We are not worrying about it. And I have a feeling you might be thinking, okay, so I would love to do that, but how do I do that? So maybe you are a teacher who has been using prompts for most of your writing writing time. Or perhaps you are a teacher who maybe you're thinking, hmm, maybe I am not taking enough time for them to come up with their own ideas or not allowing them to do that. Or perhaps you want to work more on providing them with the different strategies they need in order to plan or in order to revise. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, but what do I do now? How do I do that? Well, not only do I think we need to think about the different parts of writing, but we also need to make sure our students are enjoying it and that they feel like they're doing a good job. So that's one thing to think about. But also, I always go back to just start letting them write because one of the issues I think we come into as well is that we start with this idea in our head about what the kids should be doing or, or aren't doing or need to do, but we don't really know. So I always come back to, I want you to have them write on their own so you can see what's really happening and what they can do so that you know how to start moving them in the right direction. That's A. B, having them write on their own just because that's what they need to do. Try it without a graphic organizer because what's the worst that's going to happen? Um, nothing because you're going to see what they can do instead of assuming and then having everybody plan in the same way. And you might end up teaching them a great way to plan. Um, but just letting them write. It is that's my answer, really. And I know it sounds simple, but it can be simple um, because regardless of how far you're trying to get them, if you don't, A, let them write so you know what they can do, you won't know how to move them. 
And B, when we allow them to write independently and on their own, that's how they actually learn to grow, um, to grow as writers and learn to apply strategies because they're doing so um, completely independently. Anyway, um, I want to end this episode with a um, scenario that happened in a school where I was coaching and we were just implementing writer's workshop. And in this, it was a kindergarten, and in a lot of the kindergarten classes, typically writing was prompts, um, graphic organizers, sentence starters. And so students did not really engage in independent writing, and the focus was way more on transcription and not everything else, as we've talked about today. But the teacher did a fabulous job of really trying to or really having their kids write independently totally on their own kindergartners letting them go um it was a huge change for her and it was fabulous and so we were in an um a how-to unit um yeah we were in a how-to unit sorry and they were coming up with their own how-tos, completely on their own. What is it that they would want to teach someone? What is something they know? And there was one student who I will say was a struggling reader and writer. And in the beginning of the year, and I'm trying to remember what month this was, and I don't remember right now, but in the beginning of the year, there wasn't much writing happening at all. And then when there was, a lot of times, like when she wrote her narrative story and even um, I think they had done an informational unit maybe before this, she had trouble staying on topic. Um, and there wasn't always a connection really between what was on her page and what she would talk to you about. And any transcription that she was doing was either drawings or some sort of symbols. And during this unit, and I want to say it wasn't even the end of the unit. The teacher, when I came in one day, she was just so excited. And then the student was so excited to show me what she had written. And it was a book that was about how to make macaroni and cheese. And this student had an amazing picture on every page that was showing all the different steps, very detailed, of how to make mac and cheese. She could explain it to you very well. Every, she had all the steps she needed. Um, she had great sentences that she would explain to you. And then when you looked at her transcription, you would see um, jumbled letters that did not write words, but they were written in a sentence. So what I mean is she had a capital and a period, and she had words with letters together all separated. They just weren't really words because they weren't spelled at all correctly. She, there, I couldn't even say it was much invented spelling. It was just kind of letter strings. But she wrote them as if they were words, which shows you that not only did she understand how to write a sentence, she just didn't know how to write, how to write the words, how to spell it, you know. And I believe it might be because she is dyslexic or has some sort of other um, issue going on. But she had learned so much. She had learned that what she is saying needs to be written on the paper. She had learned the way a sentence should look and how to punctuate it. She had learned how to stay on one topic, how to put steps in order. And all of that was because the teacher was no longer only doing the things she was doing before, the, the sentence, um, sentence starters that they would finish or prompts or whatever it might have been. She was actually teaching 
act of writing composition wise, right? The composing, the getting ideas and the different genres and all of that was being taught. And this student, even though she could not record the correct characters, she understood what writing was and she had so much of it that was learned and understood and, and applied in her writing. So she had the communication part. She just doesn't have the other part, you know, the correct way to spell. I don't know how else to to say that, but it was just so um, such a, a piece of evidence to me that we can't neglect all of that. <clears throat> and so I leave you with this and I want you to think about in your teaching, what is being shown to be valued? Because when you look at what you're having your students do and the way you're teaching them and helping them and all of that, you will see what you're showing to value. So then you have to think is what you want to value actually happening in your teaching? And are you able to not only do the act of writing the transcription part, but the other part as well? Or, or will you be able to start thinking of ways that you can make that happen more often in your writing. Thanks so much for joining.